This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles, good morning. Good morning. How are you on this fine October day? Good. Just dropped my uh, daughter at school and I'm uh, heading to the facility to go and work out. All right, there it is. People love that. Already focused on the next season. They love that. So I think everyone is curious, how does an NBA player find out that his team has been sold? How did that work? (laughs) Um, Well, obviously a new experience for for all of us here with with the Millers, um, having it for for 35 years. But um, I was kind of like coach a little bit Um, probably got a little bit of an insight before it went public but um, yeah I just yeah get a call or a text I think it was a call and um, I think the first thing was a a bit of shock I guess just um, you just I don't know you just never and obviously getting to know the the Miller family over the last six years and um, the love and passion and dedication and everything that they had put into to this team and, and the, the state of Utah and everything to, to keep it here and, and everything going back to 1985. Um, yeah, it just never. I guess there was never a phone call or um, conversation I thought I would be having. I just thought I'd always play for the Miller family and um, obviously very glad that they are still involved um, to, to a certain um, percent or whatever. But um, yeah, just a bit of shock and then. Um, you kind of talk about it throughout the day and um, obviously it was pretty confidential. I think they did a really good job of, of keeping it pretty quiet until the, basically until right before, I think. Um, so just sitting there kind of talking to Renee and um, yeah, that was about it. So it was, yeah, a bit of shock, but obviously um, exciting times ahead as well with, with Ryan and, and Ashley. So Gail Miller was more than a boss to you, wasn't she? She really was. Um I'm not going to give the cliche of like a mother figure or anything like that, but she, from the, from the moment I got here and was on a non-guaranteed and um, she spoke to me and treated me like I was a max player. Like it was, there was no difference on how she spoke to, to me or, or anyone else um, compared to, to how she would speak to anyone else on the team. There was no, there was no difference. Um, there was no, um, not favoritism because that's not even the right word to put in the same sentences as Gail or the Miller family, but there was just, everyone was treated the same and um, from, from top to bottom. And yeah, I mean, I, I got welcomed in, um, like I said, on a, a non guaranteed and, and obviously very lucky to, to kind of go to where it's gone now. But I, I think the thing that will always stick pretty close to me in it, I mean, it makes me get a bit emotional saying it and talking about it, but was, was the autism stuff um, and how committed they were um, in terms of Gail and the, the Miller family. And um, 
I don't want to get the number wrong, and uh, I think she donated like 1.2 million or something that night, uh, which is pretty incredible. Um, so yeah, obviously a lot more than just an owner, um, kind of that. Uh, I think a lot of owners too, and uh, like Travis was was kind of just saying um, before me, like it's. Ryan will be the same. Like he's going to be more than just an owner. I think he he's going to kind of open his arms to to everyone in the team and within the organisation and and within Utah. So, um, yeah, very 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 lucky. Uh, I think for, from my point of view to to be able to come to Utah and I mean I wanted to play <laughs> I wanted to play one year with the Jazz and um, I'm about to at the end of my deal play eight or whatever it is. So. Um, yeah, very, very thankful to them and what they've done, um, not only for, for, for me and my family, but um, for all of Utah, like I said, back in 85, uh, buying that first half of the team and, and keeping it here in Utah and, and then to build it to what they've built it to. Um, obviously, with those, those championship runs a bit earlier before me, but then you lose a couple of those guys and you're kind of back um, back at square one a little bit and, and to build it obviously to now what we've got with, with Quinn and the staff and the, the organisation. Um, they've, they've left it in um, a pretty amazing spot for, for Ryan to take over now and, and, and kind of put, put his touch on it, I guess. You never know uh, completely uh, what you're signing up for. In this case, when you buy a team. But, you know, there are other things in life. You, you know, you take a job. Uh, you get married, uh, you, you know, you join whatever group. You, you never really know what you're getting. There are wild cards out there. Um, talk a little bit about how you saw Gail handle some of the issues. You know, with the issue with the fan going after Westbrook, I think as an NBA owner, that's not really what you signed up for. And yet, you're in the chair. you got to handle it. And what was she like in, in, in that moment? I mean, she was pretty, it was pretty special, I think. I I mean, all the, it's funny you say, like, Gail handling this and then the Miller family, but for a lot of players, too, like, I mean, I was never, this, this was a lot of first first uh, for me as well. Like, I'd never been um, in a situation where you're, you're sitting in the locker room and the owner comes and talks to you about a situation like that um, and, and how they're going to handle it and deal with it. And then they, um, it's obviously something they want to completely stamp out of sport and, um, and be kind of a driving force and a, and a leader in, um, in in trying to help that. Um, so it was something that that obviously Gail and, and her family were probably sitting there like like you said you don't like they, they bought the team to to obviously keep it in Utah and and to that the passion and dedication and love that they had for for basketball and the Jazz and for, for Utah and and the people that love the Jazz. Um, that's why they bought the team. They they obviously didn't know or, or probably think they would be in some situations like they have been, but they've they've handled them pretty head on. Um, they've they've taken everything kind of in stride and, and like I said, try to be a leader and um, driving force behind change or, or whatever the, the specific situation was. Um, I mean, they they spent I don't know what the number was exactly, but the, the money they spent on the facility recently to to, to give us the best chance to sign free agents to to want to go like i mean you guys have been there like it's it's such a pleasure to to go to the facility every day like and not that it wasn't before when it was not renovated but i mean i was a first year player i was happy to go any i would have gone to any gym to play with an nba team but 
to, to go there every day now, what they've built and the money and time and effort and, like I said, love and passion and all that, it's, um, I mean, it was second to none, I, I think. And, and like like Travis said, it's it's getting passed on from one pretty amazing family to, to another amazing family. So um, Ryan's been involved with, with the jersey patch and fight for the fight. And um, obviously now uh, I know, knowing Ryan, that, that he's wanted this for, for a long time and, um, when the opportunity came up, there was there was no way he was going to kind of let it go to anyone else. He, he was going to buy the team, um, kind of no matter what, I, I believe. So how important is that for a player? Because we've spoken about when what guys want, what they look for. You know, they look for money, they look for playing time, they look for stability, ownership, management, all that stuff. And it seems like, at least from our perspective, that this transition is going to go from one Utah family to another. So you're going to have that. And so the message to the players then is going to be sent, I would think, hey, we're going to continue and we're going to even make it better. Yeah, I... And I think I think that's what Ryan, in in his mind, taking over. It's it's nothing against the Millers or what they built. I, I think what the, the Miller family has done has been been unbelievable. And you, you get a new owner, there's obviously going to be a little bit of change. And, and Ryan wants to put we want to put his touch on it. And um, I think no matter what situation you're in, when a new job or you're the, you, you get promoted or I mean, we're building a house right now. Like, it's ours. We're going to do it how we want to do it. And this team now is, is Brian and his families, and um, they're going to they're going to kind of build the jazz. Um, obviously, like Ryan said yesterday, that there's some things that um, the, the Miller family has done that is never going to go away from the jazz. They're always going to be a part of the jazz. Some of the, the stuff they've done and, and what they stand for is, is always going to be a part of the jazz. I think the players that have, have played for the Miller family for an extended period um, are always going to think about that when you run out there. You're going to think about what, what Larry did and, and the family did to, to keep it here. Um, like I like tweeted out yesterday a little bit, but, but they risked, risked everything to, to keep the team here um, by putting themselves in um, some pretty, uh, probably scary times. So, um, uh, the Miller family is, is I mean, it's, the Jazz will never be mentioned w- without the Miller family, I don't think. But, yeah, it's, a, it's also, you, you flip that coin and it's a really exciting time for, for Ryan and his family. And um, like I said, I, I think definitely Ryan will, will put his touch on it. There'll be, um, well, when you're in the position he's in, um, in his life and, and his job and, and career and that. Um, you, you want to have people that, that you trust around and, and not saying that anyone in the jazz, jazz is untrustworthy, but um, you want to have your own people around that you're comfortable and familiar with. So um, I think inevitably, inevitably there's, there's always a bit of change, but um, I think the, the, the Miller family was extremely happy to pass it down to Brian because they knew... A lot of their values and what they had, had done over 35 years will stick with the Jazz forever, and Brian will continue to, to, to bring that along. Joe Ingles joining us here, a rare off-season visit, and you mentioned that you're going to the facility to work out, which brings up the question, when might this season start? Do you have any insight for Jazz fans who would like to watch a game, if they might be watching a game in late December or not until uh, mid-January or maybe even longer than that? you have any feel for where this is going? Uh, I wish I did so I could uh, figure out my kind of training schedule a little bit better, but 
No, the, I mean, the last thing we heard, which was the same as everybody else, was um, the December 22, um, which would, you know, if that, if that is when it's going to start, then you obviously go a few weeks forward for for training camp. Um, I think that whatever the draft's coming up here in a few weeks, and then we'd have to get free agency tucked in there right behind kind of the draft, and then, and then obviously... Um, and given the, the shorter time period, if it was to start, then you um, would probably want a little bit more time training camp just to, to kind of ease into it and, and get guys right. So um, I spoke with, when, when that report came out, I think it was Woj or, or whoever it was, Mark Stein or whoever, um, I spoke to, to the Jazz guys. That obviously, like you said, I'm, I'm here anyway. and um so yeah, put put a bit of a plan together. So for for me, in my mind, I'm going to aim for like an early December training camp and, and prepare and get myself um, kind of 100 percent for those dates somewhere in that early December. And I mean, if it doesn't, if it gets pushed back or, or whatever, it's obviously no. I don't think it's it's going to be anywhere near earlier than that. I think that's safe to say. But um, if it did happen to get pushed back, then I'll, I'll just kind of adjust it at that time. So. Yeah, I'm going kind of all in for that early December and um, we'll adjust accordingly um, if I need to. So usually what happens is guys start getting into town around Labor Day and you start having the informal workouts and then camp opens. Whenever that is... I don't is, know when Labor Day is. I'm Australian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Early September. September. <laughs> okay. First Monday in September. <laughs> so you guys start playing. Will that happen like the preceding month whenever the season and training camp does start? Yeah, I mean, I... I I guess it's hard to answer because we, we we don't have a, a time frame, but um, we've always been pretty good with the Jazz and lucky with the Jazz with the, the players we've had that we've um, guys we've either got together if there's a bunch of them in LA or New York or, or wherever guys kind of um, are living for the off season. Um, but like you know, you've seen with your, your own eyes, uh, we we're pretty lucky to have guys come to Utah pretty early too, and, and kind of get ready. So um, obviously, Quinn will will kind of address that and, and what he thinks is best for us from talking with our medical guys of of, of what, what what would be best the best way to kind of uh, approach it and, and tackle it. I, I don't think. Um, we're going to see guys come in the next couple of weeks. Um, I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, I, I would enjoy it because I'm here by myself. Um, I think I'm the only guy uh, in Utah. So um, guys, guys always, like I said, are, are pretty good. They they come in and out. They've they've come back and forth. Usually, obviously, COVID kind of throws a spanner in that a little bit because of traveling and all that. You want to kind of stay as um, as kind of stable and, and central as you can. So. For me, it's like I said. I've I've been here the whole time, and I don't really go anywhere except my house and the facility. And um, yeah, just try and keep obviously my my family and Renee safe as as possible. I think with what's going on and the cases, I think we're well. I think this morning was like fifteen hundred on the two week average or whatever it was. So um, it's obviously still pretty bad here. So um, yeah, just trying to stay as, as safe as possible and, and obviously do what I need to do to, to get ready as well. Well, Joe, we appreciate a few of the valuable minutes in the middle of your off season. Thanks for checking in with us. No worries. I just want to, yeah, again, 
obviously thank thank a huge thank you. I think on probably behalf of a lot of people, but um, our team and the organisation and all that um, to, to the Miller family for, for what they did. It's like I said, I was a pretty immature little kid that came here and just wanted to play a year in the NBA, and I've. Um, about to have three kids and one of them born in Utah, which I never thought would happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think a lot of people are, are very thankful for, for what the Miller family has done. And like I said, Gail and, and Larry um, for, for originally getting it and then, yeah, for what they've done up, up until um, kind of yesterday, I guess. So a huge thank you to them. You're gonna Sweet, Joe. Your kid is going to be an American. That's right. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> an American citizen, Joe. It's, you know, it's crazy because we were, we were literally yesterday, Renee called me and was like, I mean, you throw up every situation and, and if we're in a bubble again or something, then Renee might go home for a little bit or whatever and just kind of, we, we've got to kind of throw out every option and, and deal with it as it comes. And Renee looked at the twins' passports and when you first have a baby and obviously with my lifestyle I have to travel a lot so we got on passports as babies and we're like oh we got five years this will last forever and now the twins are getting new passports and <laughs> um, we, were, we were literally talking about the <laughs> the American passport I was like oh my gosh I've actually got to get like he'll have an American passport first and then we'll have to apply for Australian citizenship which is <laughs> really disappointing to me because I really just want to <laughs> But it'll be awesome for for our son. He'll he'll obviously have two passports, and um, if he wants to be a, a college athlete or, or something like that, he'll be. Um, it'll be very easy for him to get over here. So, but very sad in saying that too. A citizen of the world, Joe. That's what you'll be raising. As soon as the American passport runs out, I will not be renewing it. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> he'll only be known as Australian. Joe, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, guys.